0: Dance
1: and hurt. All right, welcome back to Clearing Corners. I'm Matt. We're with always Cam and back with Jared. We appreciate, again, Jared being here, talking about these things. Uh, we discussed a little bit about what the fix is, and we're going to continue that. Um, circling back to what we were talking. You see what I did there? Saw so- Jerry, we're going to circle back to the conversation that we were discussing. I, you brought up a, an awesome point, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. We discussed a lot about it starts in the home. But we also know that people rebel I've got kids that don't always listen to me. Right. I don't know that your kid, I mean, you tell me, do your kids always listen to you? Well, you can't always intimidate them. Uh, you can, I can. You I in, do. You intimidate yeah. me, right? but, but you uh, can't always intimidate
0: right. them. They, they may not always, they may not always be listening. They're hearing <laughs> me, right? They're not listening to me, but they're hearing me. <laughs> listen, I've, I know. Yeah.
1: Because I, I've I been know in, what he's talking about. I've been in his chokehold.
2: You, you see I, those, those new Marines that just <laughs> get to fleet. And they're, they're on the phone, but they're staying at parade rest talking to their, their sergeant, you know, (laughs) I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But we all know
1: that, that yes, it starts in the home. We, we talked about, uh, the unfortunate thing of, of so many kids growing up in, in single family homes and how that does affect, uh, the statistics are, are very clear on that. Uh, they've been that way for, for quite a while, um, you know, times three, times 10, times 100 to do certain things because of being in a, a single-person home. Now, that's not saying that we don't have great uh, single moms and single dads out there doing the very best that they can. There's, there's amazing right? parents out there. Absolutely. But that's where, in my opinion, the term, uh, it takes a village, kind of comes in. And, and what village is that? Because You, you mentioned it toward the end of uh, that last part one that by the time that the system has failed and people have failed certain individuals and they've failed themselves with the decisions that they've made and uh, some of the things that they got into and addictions and things, we, we could go on and on. But when they have that contact with police, a lot of times it's too late and, and the re-education needs to happen. Right. So before that contact with police actually happens, what else can we do as a society? I don't... I actually look to both of you, and I, I say both of your circumstances were, were different than mine. Uh, no two people are exactly alike, not even uh, my brothers. I, I have four brothers, and even though we had the same circumstances under the same roof, right. we still had different trials along the way. Right, absolutely. And so I look at you two, and I, I realize Cam from Minneapolis, you from uh, the great big city of Salt Lake, yep. right? And your bringing maybe you can tell us a little bit, what, what brought you out? What helped you along the way? Who helped you along the way? Was it just family? Was it teachers? Was it Like, where can a life be influenced and assisted to make good decisions? Right.
0: So for me, so yeah, I grew up in Salt Lake City. Um, I know most people when they hear Salt Lake City, they're like, oh man, how many wives did you have? How many, you know, it must. <laughs> how often did you go to church and all that stuff? But that's actually not. That's probably about as far from how I, where I grew up. It's the a neighborhood. very real part of Salt yeah, Lake. City. Yeah, it is a very <laughs> real part, right? And I have very family members that are very much a part of that, and and that. Um, so, but I grew up on in a, a pretty rough neighborhood. You know, it's probably the toughest neighborhood in 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 the Salt Lake Valley. You know, and it's uh, it's it's no joke. And the people that grew up out of there, I have friends that have that have. Uh, were killed in, in gang violence. I have uh, friends that haven't, that have been locked up. Um, you know, they've served multiple prison sentences um, from growing up in my neighborhood. And, you know, and we've had, I've also had friends that have made it out and been successful. You know, it's, it's a myriad of, of all of that stuff. So for me personally, it was everything. So my, from my mom, my dad, um, my family, my extended family. So aunts, uncles, cousins, um I had a ton of support from people around me, and that was a huge thing because I'm you know, I grew up with people that ran the streets. Uh, they were my friends. that's they were just my friends because that's what I grew up in. and so uh, but I always had something going on. So I was blessed that I was able to play sports. So that was a huge that was a huge thing for me. Um, getting into my teenage years, um, it was. Uh, big part same family my dad was a huge supporter of what I did but I had a coach that kind of took me under under his wing Um, that uh, man to this day I love the man to death and uh, he uh, recognized something in me he gave me that part that I was just missing Um, and he was a huge influence on me. My, that was my high school wrestling coach. He was a huge influence on me. You know, my high school football coach did as well, but uh, my coach, my, my wrestling coach, man, I would have, uh, he could have just pointed and, and said, I need you to run through that wall, and I'd hit that wall as hard as I could and, uh, or tore every brick down trying to get it get through that wall for him.
1: Did you ever have a conversation? Did, did, can you remember, whether it's a, a coach or a loved one that came to you and, and was like, hey, Jared, this stuff needs to stop. Uh, so
0: ironically, it actually wasn't my coach um, or a family member that came to me. It was actually my high school SRO. So my high school <laughs> school resource officer That's came to me. Yeah, That's I know. Right? So uh, um, my uh, my freshman year, uh, I roll into my high school. And
1: school resource officer for those who yeah. don't know.
0: Yeah. SRO. And so uh, I roll into my high school, and my, uh, my school resource officer, um, within the first month, pulls me into his office and says, I know who you are. I know where you're from. And I know who you run with. The choice is going to be yours as to where you go from here. Uh, he goes, I I will give you any opportunity that I can to point you in the right direction. Um, but I will, but he but laid it out. Basically, he was going to hold me accountable for anything that I did that was not going to be successful. And, uh, it, and it was... So I had that talk, and then I get right into you know, and then I'm I'm in with football and you know, and start in that crowd, and then uh, and then I get into wrestling, and and at the time my freshman football coach was also my my wrestling coach, and so it just kind of just kind of you know it was uh, for lack of a better term it was just kind of a, a marriage that I needed in my life that you know because I had a, uh, I had a very strong father figure. My dad is, I mean, to this day he's probably the only man I'm ever scared of but, uh, you know, but, uh, that's,
1: listen,
2: that's impressive
1: to anybody who is in the sound of our voices right now for Jared to say that he's afraid of that man. Let me tell you, that's, that's something to be said. So,
0: yeah, my dad was, uh, you know, my dad was a huge influence, um, in, in, in many areas. Um, discipline was a huge part of it. You know, I, I was, I had, you know, I had to be home by the streetlights. I had to, you know, my dad needed to know where I was going to be at, you know, those types of things, that accountability for him as my father, you know, that he put on me as his son that I had to, to that I had to be uh, accountable for. And so when I wasn't accountable for it, I knew, right, there were consequences, Um, you know, there were natural consequences that came from that. And so Um, so like I said, I was, I was blessed, um, to, to come from the situation in which I have, I have my extended family and there's some, uh, there's some amazing people in my family, you know, cousins, like most people, you know, your first best friends in the world are your cousins and stuff like that. And so I had that where I was lucky to have, uh, cousins around my age, um, also boys that were around my age, uh, the cousins. And so it made a huge difference. And then the diversity of my family. Um, came into, uh, play a lot because so
1: tell our listeners a little bit about, uh, your background and, and who you are. So
0: I'm, uh, so I'm like cam, um, I'm just lighter, just a little bit lighter skin. So right, I'm right. a am a biracial. Um, so my father's black and my mother's white. And, uh, and so, uh, my, uh, my father moved here from, uh, from the Midwest, um, way back in the oh, man, 60s, early 60s. So, um. And then, uh, and and so I didn't get to see a lot of uh, my father's side of the family. I knew who they were. We traveled back, uh, uh, back east a little bit, and so I got to know them. But my mother's side of the family was kind of that big influence that I had here, and it's just as diverse. Um, you know, we've yeah, had everything yeah. in our family, just like everybody else has in their family. You know, I have, you know, uh, aunts and uncles who were religious. I have other aunts and uncles and cousins who. Not so much, you know, <laughs> and then everything in between that runs the like gambit. every family. Yeah, right? like every, every game uh, and yeah. runs the gambit. And so um, but yeah, that was a huge part of for me it was was family. And uh, and I love my family to death to death and uh, I would do anything for them. And I think that's a huge part of it is because we have that that family bond. And it was always we were always looking out for one another. I had uncles that were always looking out for me. You know, they were the type of, of men that would go. What are you up to? How are mm-hmm. things? Tell us what's going on. Like a you temp know. check. Yeah, absolutely. Like a temp check. And yeah. so they were always, uh, so I always had that. And uh, obviously I had it daily from, from my dad, but, uh, you know, but I had it on a regular basis from other figures within my circle um, that I had. And it made a huge difference. And like I said I was, uh, I was extremely blessed to come to have the upbringing that I had because I got to see really both sides of it. Right, Because I like I said, I have friends that uh, have served prison sentences. I've had friends that uh, uh, were unfortunately killed early in their life, um, you know and and all of that and and I've seen friends that have uh, kind of done both, right they've They maybe have served some time, but they learned from those mistakes, and now they're successful people in which uh, I look up to and uh, and and take from them what the, what I like. You know, but I'm also realized that, you know, they were kids and they made mistakes and, you know, and, but they were able to overcome those because they worked hard at it. They had to work hard at it. And Mm -hmm. that's no, uh, that's no, uh, that's no easy task because it's not easy to, to make mistakes and then try to bounce back from them because we all do it and Mm -hmm. it's easy to just let mistake after mistake,
1: after mistake take over. And that's always the tough part of it. Sometimes it can be that downward spiral. I don't mean to cut you off. You were about ready to go at it. But, yeah, that, that's just uh, something that we have all seen, right. that downward spiral. And then we kind of revert back to we see the same people all the yeah. time.
2: Well, and I was just going to say, I think that that story right there really is awesome. That that kind of shows um, what we talked about in the last part um, kind of put together. You know, you got family support. You've got the community with your coaches. You've got law enforcement, which – Side note, that's one of the big pluses of having school resource officers in there and mm-hmm. help kids get on the right track. They can be that first contact with law enforcement to realize, I don't wake up in the morning and have a goal on, I'm going to arrest five people. Right. A win for me is I didn't have to arrest anyone. I got to help some people, stuff like that, you know? Um, and I just, I just thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool. I um, had my,
0: I had my encounters. Don't get me wrong.
1: I had and that's what I was going to go into next mm-hmm. as well. going to go uh, into
2: next. What's the big thing that's being pushed right now is systematic racism, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go. One of the big know, things. Yeah. One of the, I mean, super in deep with it, but I just kind of wanted to see what are your thoughts on, have you experienced what you felt like at the time or looking back that maybe because of the color of your skin, you were addressed. So, um, so
0: I had my run-ins. Um, and at the time I always felt like it was, I was being singled out, right. Or me and my friends were being singled out. Um, but, uh, as I look back at it, knowing what I know now, obviously is, uh, I, I was being singled out because, um, of the people I was hanging around with and the history in which we had as a, as a group or that they had individually that, uh, and officers in the community knew who they were. And so your behavior, yeah, it was, it was 100% behavior. Um, so I, I had a few run-ins. Um, I, I was lucky enough to, uh, I had a run-in, um, one time that, uh, it, it, uh, it had the, the to go sideways. It had the potential to go sideways and, uh, and I wasn't helping the situation cause I was pretty pissed about, how it all went down. Um, but I was lucky enough to have a, the second officer that showed up on scene knew who I was um, and, and kind of knew me. Cause I was probably in my, my mid teens um, when that happened and he was able to kind of intervene in the situation. And he was that calm head because I was, I, I 100% I was defensive about it. And you know, when we start getting defensive about it, it becomes emotional
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: And so the officer was taking that, that emotion personally, um, on that. And so it just was kind of escalating to a point where one of us was going to not win and it wasn't going to be me like it. And, uh, something
1: bad was going to happen.
0: It was. And so I was lucky to have this officer that showed up on scene that knew who I was and, uh, was able to talk to me. Right. And, uh, and that type of stuff and talk with the officer. Um, I still had to, the consequences that came from that they were what they were um i earned them but uh but on the initial front end
1: it didn't feel that way right so like you said you 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 had the perception in the moment that you were being singled out yeah absolutely life circumstances decisions later good decisions later brought you to this career right and your interactions what i'm taking from that story is you look back and you're like wait (laughs) all right it wasn't me being singled out right it was my behavior. Yeah, absolutely. It was 100% my
0: behavior. Whether or not we were actually doing something wrong, um, you know, my f- friends had earned that right to have an officer go, What are you guys out doing tonight? What are you guys up to? And, uh, and rightfully so. Yeah.
1: And obviously, I, this is a, a subject. I have my own opinion about it, but I'm, I'm my, my personal situation is far different than your guys'. What about you, Cam? Hey, I'm, I'm going to flip
2: the same question onto you that you just yeah. gave to Jared. So it's, it's interesting. So at the time, kind of like you, uh, there were some instances where I was like, man, why, why? Like I didn't even do it. Like, all right. For instance, like I'd get pulled over at like three in the morning and there'd be three squad cars on me. And I'd be like, for real, like (laughs) I'm a, I'm a teenager and y'all need three of you. But now that I'm in law enforcement, I know that at nighttime historically and statistically those night traffic stops can be dangerous and mm-hmm. just naturally if you're in the area and your neighboring unit pulls someone over, you go and back them.
1: And, and what were the sc- crime stats of where you were at?
2: Yeah. And you know the, what I mean? You know that, yeah. So, obviously, um, they can be up there and, and I used to always go to, and, but there are times where, um, honestly, the most I've ever felt like I had had anything was uh, here and it was Walmart. I'd, I'd get stopped every time I'm walking out. And it got to the point where my wife is, like, asking the greeter, like, why are you stopping him? Because I'll walk out with her. They won't stop her, but they'd stop me. And that was back when they did the greeting. Anyways, going back to, to law enforcement, I've never I've never decided to hang my my hat on the fact that it's because of the color of my skin. Everything my dad, um, every encounter he had was because he was black. And he was very much that way. Right. Um, and at the time I was, I was a kid and, you know, I didn't really understand why, but every time, you know, law enforcement or something would roll up or deal with us, um, he would always say it's cause he's black and he would be that type who gets, um, very vocal, um, emotional. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. on every, every single encounter. And there was one that kind of rubbed me wrong. Um, so what we used to like to do is go down to university Avenue, um, whole bunch of, Different types of muscle cars. Minneapolis. Yeah, Yeah. and this is in uh, Minneapolis, and we deal with MPD um, down there, and they usually let us kind of do our thing until um, I can't remember like cutoff time, but it'd be like two in the morning. They'd line up with their little horses and go down the street saying, "Hey, it's time to go home." Uh, And there was times where um, they'd pull up in like a squad car and they'd block my friends in, and then they they got. I remember one, they got out, they looked at me. And then they backed up and then blocked my car in. And, and I remember at the time I was like, "Man, that's." And my friends were like, "Oh, dude, because 'cause you're black," <laughs> yeah. you know. But I don't know. I don't know specifically. Maybe I gave off some sort of clue. Obviously, in our line of work, you know, if if the spidey senses go off, you you kind of take an extra precaution. Um, so it, it's hard to really say. I don't believe that um, there is a huge issue with it. Um, I, I I truly believe that it's it's the exact opposite. We have a few bad apples, you know, and it's going to be impossible to say we're hundred percent there's and cleans it completely of any issues. Well, we're human. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, the whole idea with systemic racism is is it's embedded in the system, right? I don't believe in that.
0: Right. And and that's the thing is you ask people, well, give me what. So if, if law enforcement is got that, his, uh, that history, and don't get me wrong, we were on the wrong side of history during, you know, as law enforcement officers, we were on the wrong side of history during segregation and that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Absolutely. We were on the wrong side of history. We understand that. And if you look back, if you're an officer and you look back and say, well, that's the time, well, you're right, but we're not, that's not our job. Our job is to what uh, you know, uphold and defend the, the Constitution and the laws with, within your thing. And I get it; some of those laws back then were 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 meant um, were part of that systemic racism that was there. But in in two thousand twenty one, give me a law that's that's that has some connotation that that's only targets um, uh, minorities.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, and and obviously, I need to uh, clarify. I'm not saying, when I when I say I don't believe in systemic racism as a whole, right. that racism doesn't exist. No. We know it does. No, absolutely it we, does. We know it does, and, and we recognize that. And I would be um, highly ignorant if I sat back and said that it has not existed or that there are individuals in law enforcement that haven't shown it and right. that don't uh, portray it, right? Right. I would be ignorant to say that, but I, I, I would say that it's not the issue that it's being portrayed. Right. I think there are other factors, other things involved. Um, we're going to come back one more time to address this. This is a hot topic. Again, we appreciate Jared being here, but we're going to continue to clear this corner and we'll close it out with the next episode.